you know, it's good. It's good to actually go in and, and technically look at what happened because sometimes it's, as I said before, it's maybe you were your position wrong or you know your balance was off or you know you were too aggressive or you know there's always a but it tends to be very small things you know it's it's seldom you know, when you make a mistake that everything goes wrong you, you probably did a lot of things right but then there was just this one thing that just opened a near post or you know you, you didn't shut your legs because you know you, you were spreading yourself too wide when you were jumping out or you know there, there's there's just a lot of things Hello, guys, and welcome to a new episode of the Gloves On podcast. We're your host, Alexander Brams, and alongside me is Marcus Sunden, as always. And today, we are joined by a special guest, former national team goalkeeper, Thomas Sorensen. Welcome, Thomas. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's, uh, it's always great to uh, chat a bit about uh, goalkeeping, which you all love. We all love goalkeeping. We're very happy that we finally got you on. It's been a bit hard because, as the listeners might know, I'm in I'm in Rome. Marcus is in Florida, and Thomas still lives in Australia after he finished his career at Melbourne. So, Thomas, how are you this yeah evening for you? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm great. Uh, you know, we are sort of getting into spring down here in Australia. The uh, A League season has just kicked off, so. Uh, you know, there's plenty of plenty of football, a uh, lot of lot of things to get stuck into, and obviously still following the Premier League very closely. Um, so yeah, no, just enjoying uh, watching football now instead of playing. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, we, we'll get into that. But Thomas, uh, in in our new season here, we always have these new uh, the new segment of fire questions. So if you're ready, I'm gonna ask you four quick questions. That's fine. All right, Thomas. So, gloves on or gloves off? Both. Um, love to play, but also love my time outside the the, the field. So, uh, yeah. So, if I can get a balance of, of both, I'm more gloves gloves off now, obviously. But uh, you know, give me uh, give me anything, and I'll be ready for it. Love that. Favorite goalkeeper of all time. It has to be Gordon Banks. Uh, I obviously played at Stoke City. He was a massive legend there, not uh, just there, but in England as well. And I got to meet him. And, and again, I, I remember, like most people, that fantastic save he made at the World Cup from Pele. And uh, but also the times, you know, just as a human being, fantastic guy, was always willing to to give his uh, view on things and. Uh, Sadly, he's not with us anymore. But uh, you know, just to to be close to such a legend was uh, was fantastic. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people uh, have seen that famous save. Uh, even though you didn't, you weren't born that that time. <laughs> you, you, you still watch that save because it's all over YouTube. All right, next question is: favorite goalkeeper you have played with? I think uh, the uh, relationship I had with Asmir Begovic um, at Stoke City was pretty special. Um, you know, we were very competitive, but uh, you know, I had a great respect for each other, and I think we, um, I think we just made each other better. Um, you know, so I think for for that sake, um, I, I was with him for five six years at Stoke. So 
you know, that was, uh, you know, when we also became friends outside the pitch as well. So, yeah, uh, I would probably say him. Amazing. Yeah, he's actually a, a former guest on this podcast and I now wear his brand. Um, but last question, uh, most important aspect within goalkeeping? Oh, I don't think you can say there's there's one aspect. I think there's, um, you know, I think you need to have attention to detail. Uh, you need to be, um, you know, because goalkeeping, uh, there's so many small things that uh, that makes a big difference in games. You know, your positioning, your technique, um, anticipation, and then you need to be mentally strong as well. You know, you need to be able to cope with you know, ups and downs, which, you know, are very sort of magnified as a goalkeeper. Um, so, so I think it's, it's a very demanding position. I think it doesn't get the recognition. We know, we know as goalkeepers uh, what it takes to be between the sticks, but sometimes you feel managers and other players don't quite get it. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, if you get to the top level, you have worked really hard as a goalkeeper because it's not, um, it's not easy. It is not easy at all. And love that answer because the you say it's not recognized as as what it is and we have so many pundits out there which has also been a topic on this who is not as knowledgeable as you uh as a pundit because they they don't know the position as you do um but yeah thomas uh, obviously you've had a, a long career and you've been in the premier league for 17 years if i'm correct so so can we hear a little bit about how you started as a goalkeeper and how you went from Denmark to England. Yeah, no, I think as as many uh, kids, I I started playing, you know, in different positions, and and it was more a coincidence that I ended up uh, in goal. Um, it was a cold sort of uh, probably about eight nine uh, cold day. I sort of fell and hurt my knee a little bit, and I think the uh, the manager felt uh, he needed to. To do something different so he stuck me in goal and uh yeah for some reason uh i had had some talent there and and uh you know yeah just kept uh playing in goal for quite a while i had a few stints in in the outfield but mainly as a goalkeeper and that, that's where my sort of passion grew um you know i love that you know individual challenge uh throwing myself at people's feet and you know, come rushing out. So I, I quite liked that responsibility as well um, as, a, as a young kid. And then growing up, um, you know, it was, you know, just gradually, you, you know, I, I got selected for for regional teams and I got picked up by a, a, a Premier League club uh, in Denmark, uh, Odense. And then from then on, um, you know, starting to get involved with the first team before yeah, I had interest from from several uh, clubs. Uh, firstly, uh, Udinese in Italy, which was uh, there was a lot of Danish players at that time uh, at that club, and then Ajax, which is also a, a sort of has a Danish heritage of of, of former players. And then out of nowhere, really, uh, Sunderland came in, and and my initial thought was, nah. Uh, I've not really heard of him. Uh, I wasn't really interested. The others sort of appealed more to me. Uh, but my agent sort of uh, said that, you know, let, let's go and have a look. You know, you know, you can always, uh, you know, spend a day and, and you can always throw it in a bin. And then I went there and, and uh, yeah, I was, I was uh, uh, first of all, just the, the passion in, in the northeast of England was uh, something that, 
you know, really uh, bowled me over, I think. And um, and then also I had an opportunity there to to play. I think that was that was uh, really important. Uh, where the others were more sort of long longer term, uh, and they were ready to take a, a gamble because for them it was a gamble. Uh, nobody had heard of me um, in in Sunderland or in England, so you know for them to sort of take a punt on 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 a young goalkeeper, I think was was tremendous. And yeah, so so I knew straight away that that was the opportunity uh, to 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 go to Sunderland. Yeah, quite an interesting story, and and we can see that on the statistics that that it went really well. I didn't watch myself that much because I was born in '96, so I didn't see too much back then. But I remember um, in the early days of you playing um, in the national team, and you, as you said, you loved rushing out. And I remember many times you came out and and dived into feet, um, and that's like my first memories of you. And I remember also trying to do a little bit like you did when I was younger. So so an inspiration for many keepers, I suppose, and also the big move from Denmark to to Premier League and, and going, breaking through um, in the Prem, uh, which is really tough, especially for, for a young lad. So amazing story. And you can also, we can also see um, that you didn't play that many youth national team games at all, but you came into to the national team and and played 101 games <laughs> which is a lot uh so how um so when you came to sunland was that when you started getting interesting from the the national team as well yeah um so I ended up playing, I think, the first six months uh, at Sunderland, and we we did pretty well. We were in the championship at that time. Uh, Peter Smichael was the first choice keeper in the national team, uh, and there was a few sort of older keepers that had been around, uh, a second choice, third choice, uh, and they were really looking for that next young keeper to come through. And uh, yeah, I, I cemented myself uh, at Sunderland. Uh, you know. Uh, Played well, um, and and yeah, and I think it was end of that '98 uh, that I got called up for the first time. We had a a game in Croatia, and um, I didn't play in that game. Peter Smichael played, but but just to to, to be involved with the national team, obviously a, a you know a childhood dream to to be able to pull on the collars uh, and just be involved. Uh, and there was so much that I could learn. It was. You know, perfect for me for the first couple of years to to be close to Peter Smichael, work with him. You know, just sit there and observe from from the bench um, before I eventually, in two thousand and one, I think it was, uh, ended up uh, playing my first game. Uh, uh, two thousand, I think it was. So you know, so from from that point on, you know, it was um, yeah, and then it was step by step. Really, uh, you know, I, again had plenty of experience from the Premier League. Uh, and then you you sort of cement yourself. You you gradually start to 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 own that position in a national team, and um, and yeah, and for then on, obviously, as I said, 101 games. It's hard to sort of comprehend now yeah, over how many years, uh, but it it was a fantastic time. You know, to, it, it's the proudest you can ever be is 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 standing and listening to the national anthem and represent your country. So something I will always be proud of. Absolutely understand, and that's every every young goalkeeper's dream is to do the same and and to do what what you sort of have done 
and and taking this further i know we're skipping a bit in the career and so on but if we if we fast forward to to you playing in a world cup and representing your country as you just talked about the pride of that how how is the how is it showing up to a world cup oh it's definitely different like the the big tournaments um are um, unique in that way that you are together uh, for for such a long time you know we, we we i think we we met up probably three weeks before uh we had the first game and have had a proper training camp and then you go into the tournament and you know at least you are there for two weeks um so so in total you you know it's a month a month and a half potentially that you you're with the same players uh in a in a small bubble in reality you know you you, you don't have much time away from football it's either training rest uh, fly to matches um you know have dinner massages all those things uh, and then try to sort of kill some time with you know games and table tennis and whatever cards whatever people can sort of come up with um so so it, it is a, a unique way uh and and also the pressure of a world cup you know it, it's it's it has the world's attention it has the whole country's attention uh so that makes it different uh, but it also makes it fantastic and exciting it's what you know it's the biggest stage maybe by the champions league final uh playing at the world cup is yeah it's 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 the biggest as a national team player love it love it thomas because obviously alex mentioned it as well but i'm from from 1999 alex is from 96 and i mean you the first stages of especially me being a goalkeeper was you being the national team goalkeeper and that's obviously like the head of of, of goalkeeping in, in denmark that's the one you look up to right so obviously you play a big impact in not only my decision of becoming a goalkeeper but also when i'm looking towards like advice all that kind of stuff and when you look at the national team it's always you and goal so it's a very big honor first of all to 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 have this chat with you and also get a little background information about your career and also obviously your knowledge with it within goalkeeping um and even when we when we talk about the world cups we obviously have uh, a world cup coming up here soon um and you being a pundit how do you uh how do you see first of all Denmark's chances but also the turnout in general for, for the world cups you know i think we uh you know as 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 danes we can uh we can be uh very optimistic i think you know we obviously saw at the, the euros uh last time around that, that we have a, a really strong team um and that, that's that's exciting and you know i was fortunate to to be commentating on australian tv and was running around the studio when we you know when we uh scored that goal against england sadly we we couldn't quite uh <laughs> we couldn't quite finish the job but you know so uh, you know i think we're in a good group um you know i'm I'm happy that we're playing australia that makes it extra spicy uh being down here uh, i definitely hope we can beat them pretty big otherwise uh, i'll have to move uh, and then uh yeah you know, there, there's so many good teams and again i think i'm you know i quietly see brazil as the favorite i think they've got a fantastic team from front to back you know uh you know two of the best goalkeepers in the world uh you know you, you're just looking at top teams around vinicius obviously at um 
at Real Madrid, uh, but all over the park. They've they've got so many options. Um, if they can get it to gel, I think there's no one that can beat them. But we know it's a team game, and they sometimes struggle with it. And then, then we've you know we've there's a lot of you know we've, we've the big teams like Germany, England, uh, France. You know they all got question marks in my book. You know they they you know France haven't you know we've. Denmark has just played them and they haven't looked convincing. Germany a little bit up and down. You know, where do the Dutch, Dutch stand? Um, so I think it's, it's quite an open World Cup. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and I, I just hope that a lot of fans can travel there because there's obviously big issues with, you know, the politics and the restrictions and everything. Uh, I just hope it will be a big party like we normally see at the World Cup and then we'll get some great football because, uh, you know, there's certainly a lot of good teams there. I highly agree, and it's always a big thing. Obviously, the Europe's, the the Euros, sorry, and and the World Cups is always uh, something we look up to within within the game of football. And uh, us as goalkeepers, all obviously also look forward to to some big goalkeeping performances. And um, the first thing that really comes to my mind is like maybe some people think that's random, but Ochoa from uh, from Mexico, he had like a stunning. I think obviously it was the World Cup a few years back, and it kind of made him like uh, this this guy you remember from the World Cups, right? So there is obviously a lot of amazing goalkeepers going to this tournament, and us three having Casper Schmeichel behind us is obviously a big deal as well. Um, we always trust in in Casper, and as Alex and I always say when we bring him up on the podcast, is that obviously one of the main goals on this podcast as well to to bring him on one day and i think um if if not bigger this is a similar name to to casper as well having you on but what i'm trying to get to is that watching the world cups us as goalkeepers obviously look out for these amazing performances with which happens another thing that just came to my mind is tim howard as well the game against belgium um so it's really goalkeepers that's not like top 10 but you still have these performances which you remember them for so is there any goalkeepers certain goalkeepers you look you look um forward to seeing in the world cup uh, maybe for the first time or just even just a name like uh Manuel Neuer looking forward to see him at a at a major tournament again yeah no there's you know first of all i think that there's always uh some surprises uh you know for sure um you know like you you mentioned i remember kayla navas as well i think he sort of burst onto the scene in uh i think down in brazil uh you know going back uh was it going go chair i think from argentina you saved a lot of penalties and so so there's always keepers that that come out of nowhere but i i'm really looking forward to seeing man yang from ac milan uh you know i think he's got a good chance of of probably you know, putting Loris on the bench. Um, I would quite like to to see him give given a, a shot in goal uh, for France. I think they need a little bit of of new energy, uh, and he's doing well in in, in Italy. Uh, but then you gotta you know you gotta look at you know Courtois. I think has been one of the best keepers uh, for the last year um, uh, for Real Madrid, and he's going to play a big part for. For, for Belgium as well. They've, you know, we've talked about their potential for so many years and they've never won a tournament. So it, it's potentially 
maybe the last chance for a lot of these to win a World Cup. So, so that that'll be interesting. Uh, and then the Brazils, like we were talking about two Brazilians. You know, is it Edison? Is it Allison? Who's going to play? I think uh, I would prefer probably Edison uh, with the form uh, this season. But you know, pick any of them uh, will be a delight uh, to see. So, you know, uh, Manuel Neuer, I think, has always been a favorite of mine. Um, but yeah, I always look to new new goalkeepers. It's always exciting, I think, for the World Cup, as you said, because there's always someone that you probably didn't maybe didn't expect uh, that that's gonna put in some some great performances. Exactly, and I think you mentioned it a little bit already, but I want to dive a little bit deeper into your experience at the World Cup because now we got into like a little bit of a World Cup topic, and obviously this is a goalkeeping podcast. So when you were at at the at a major tournament for the national team, obviously we have the whole nation watching you and obviously supporting you, but that comes with a lot of pressure, and football in general, and even I would say goalkeeping even more is a position with a lot of pressure with a lot of eyes on you because if we make a mistake it's a goal conceded i always bring this up as well if uh, if a striker misses a chance he can just score the next one right but if you can have let's say five amazing saves and then make a mistake in the 90th minute that's a game loss potentially right so when you were at the at a major tournament how was it really to to deal with this kind of pressure as a as a goalkeeper you know i i, I think when you play it at a high level you you sort of get used to it uh, to some extent and i and i think when you actually get to the game itself i think sometimes in the lead up to games and and the world cup there's more media attention there, there's more interviews there's there, there's there's a lot more going on around the game itself um and and also this unique thing that that you are together, you're sort of, you know, it, it, that's all it's about where normally, you know, you'll play a game and you can go home to your family or you can do something different. Um, so, so, so there is a little bit, it's intensified in, in, in some way. Uh, um, uh, and I, I, I go back, I, I you know, I've, I've experienced the, the good and the bad of a world cup, you know, I've, I've had some, some great performances, but, but I've also had some, you know some games where uh, i've had some criticism you know we in 2010 when we uh played our last group game against japan uh you know there was a couple of free kicks uh, that got scored uh you know looking back uh, i would have loved to have saved one of them um and and that potentially you know was was playing a part in us not qualifying uh to the next uh to the next round and so you know, and, and you know that's the thing with goalkeeping, as you said. It's it's uh, you know sometimes it, it's a small margin. It's a it's a half a step to the left, and and this is what people who don't understand don't see. It's it's you know yes, okay, if the ball goes through your legs, and it's but sometimes it's you know your placement might be a little bit off, uh, and and that can and that's what happened at the free kick. Honda's you know struck it from quite a distance uh and and i sort of reacted to the first swerve of the ball and and that half a step i took to the left managed you know made it that i couldn't get back to my right because he struck it with a fair bit of pace and then, you know looking back at it i you know i should have obviously just you know kept my balance and and waited uh a, a split second longer and i would have saved it and and you know then 
you know, you, you go through, we will keep us, we, you go through it afterwards and this, this thing plays in your mind uh, for a while. Um, and this is where the mental strength comes in and you have to work with it and, um, and, and yeah, you know, just realize, you know, I think deal with the mistake. I think that's, that's important. I think you, you don't, don't try to brush it under a carpet. I think you have to sort of, you know, really dive into what happened, what went wrong. And then that's where you sort of let it go. Um, that was something I learned early in my career that, uh, where I probably try to forget the mistakes and then just move on. Uh, and then they just kept creeping back in at times because I hadn't dealt with them. Um, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of mental work with, with it, but overall, um, you know, I had some great times at the World Cup, uh, you know, just the camaraderie, uh, a, a game that sticks out was the 2-0 win against France in, in 2002. Um, they were world champions, the team of, you know, superstars all around uh, and uh, us, uh, small nation as we are, uh, managed to beat them uh, and knock them out as well of the World Cup. And, and I, I played a, a, a pretty good game uh, that afternoon. So it's so all in all, you know, you know, playing at a World Cup, it, it's the best. Um, and now I was in Russia in, in 2018 as a, as a TV commentator. And I got to see the, 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 the other side of, of a World Cup from, from the stands and from the media perspective. Uh, and it was quite interesting because you see it differently than you do as a player for sure. Yeah, I could imagine. And you talking about dealing with the mistakes and the mistakes against Japan. Uh, I hope the listeners took some some notes of that, or if not, then go back and listen to it again because that's how you you can deal with making mistakes and making mistakes at the at the highest level. I've made mistakes myself in some pretty big games when I was in college. And in the beginning, you you think about them too much, but then when, as you say, you deal with them, you know what was wrong. It slowly like disappears from your mind uh, and this is something that you have to learn at a young age and learning that mistakes is all right it's not how you how you yeah it, it's how you recover from the mistakes not how you make them because you will recover eventually yeah and learn, learn from them i think that's that's the main thing as well you know you don't want to keep repeating the same mistakes you want to you know you want to move on um but yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's a massive part of 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 goalkeeping in general um, is to yeah to 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 learn to cope with the mistakes uh, and and also I think sometimes we can they sort of blow up uh, to an enormous size in our head uh, and I think that's why you know it's good it's good to actually go in and and technically look at what happened because sometimes it's as I said before, it's maybe you were your position wrong or, you know, your balance was off or, you know, you were too aggressive or, you know, there's always a, but it tends to be very small things. You know, it's, it's seldom you, when you make a mistake that everything goes wrong. You, you probably did a lot of things right, but then there was just this one thing that just opened an ear post or, you know, you, you didn't shut your legs because, you know, you, you were spreading yourself too wide when you were jumping out or, you know, there, there's, there's just a lot of things. Um, so I think that detailed uh, approach is, is very important because you, first of all, you learn from it and also you actually find out, okay, it wasn't that big of a deal. Yes, it, you know, in other people or in the papers, 
they might talk of it as the biggest mistake of the century. But when you actually look at it from a goalkeeping perspective, it actually wasn't that bad. Um, and I think that's that's where you can you can really work with it and and help yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, amazing, Thomas. And, and Thomas, the time is flying here, so we just wanna <laughs> wanna fast forward. Um, so Sunderland for five years, then you went to Aston Villa in two thousand three for five years, and then you went to Stoke Ashmans and and kind of finished your Premier League career there. Uh, for seven years playing with, as you said, um, Asmir Begovic. And going back to that topic uh, with the favorite goalkeeper that you played with, Asmir, how important is the is the goalkeeper union, the the camaraderie between first and second and, and so on? I, you know, I've always uh, tried to, uh, to create a good environment. I, I've, I've heard about goalkeepers at other clubs where they couldn't stand each other or um, but at, at the end of the day you know you, you you have to have the the best possible environment for you to to first of all come train and and you know keep the focus um, but also you can use each other I think there, there just needs to be a mutual understanding that you know everyone wants to play um, but at the end of the day it's the manager's decision uh, and and we can help each other despite this you know despite that yeah you know I'm, you know i'll be lying when i was on the bench and looking at asmir that i wasn't sort of you know there wasn't 10% of me that was hoping that he was going to get a send, sending off or, but that's natural but but in any or any other aspects you know I, you know we we would be supporting each other talking about you know situations and games and everything else and i think it just you know it makes everyone better uh it's you know it doesn't serve anyone to to try to you know go go behind people's backs and and this is where a goalkeeping coach is also really important he needs to create that environment as uh, as well and, and a fair environment where everyone you know first of all knows their position and and everyone gets a fair shot at uh, at competing yeah absolutely i it's it's good to hear those those good stories where you have a really good connection with your with your goalkeeper union. I've tried kind of the both where one of one time it was non-existent. There was just like we, yeah, and then the other part was like we wanted to help each other. And I've also heard stories from from the high pros where where they don't really help each other or don't want to tell each other secrets. And then when they were done working with each other, they kind of told their secrets. Um, <laughs> Have, have have you experienced something like this? Uh, you know, it, not really. But it's it's always uh, we had a little bit when when I was sort of at the end of my sort of t term at uh, with the national team. Uh, there was a young a younger uh, goalkeeper Anders Lindegaard that went to Manchester United. Uh, and obviously, the the press was really interested in in his story and everything else, and and he was very, uh, you know, he was very aggressive in the media, you know, that he wanted to play and he should have been, he should be playing because he was playing at Man United, and and it, it just, you know, that it, it it makes it tough because you have to go in and train with with this guy that you know has been actually, you know, sledging everyone in the papers, uh, and and it it makes it hard. Um, but then again, uh, you, you still just move on and and um, uh, and do your best uh, at at every training and know that 
that again, it's it's the manager's decision. So so these things do happen, and and you got to respect that people come from different, you know, or wants different things, um, and and you just have to deal with it. Uh, and I think you know, like you said, I haven't been in a really toxic uh, training environment ever, um, but if I was, you know, you just have to get on with it. There's no there's no point sitting down and crying about it. Uh, if this person wants to be uh, you know you know the opposite of nice you know that's his decision you know you can't change that you can just change what you want to do and and how you go about things and i think that's always what what's been important to me is you know how, how do i how do i sort of uh, hold myself as a goalkeeper and as a human being and 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 how do i want to be treated and this is the way i treat other people so you know, I think that's that's at least has always been my mantra uh, going into these situations. Yeah, great, great notes there, and it's it's how you want to to behave to other people. If they, as you said, want to be the opposite of nice, then you can't control <laughs> that, and then you just try to connect with your other GK union, and that's that's what I did in that situation. I just connected with the other keepers, and it, even though it was me and the other guy competing for the first spot, Thomas just. In the end here, we want to talk a bit about you moving to Australia, um, playing for Melbourne, dealing with a bit of injuries and so on. But how, how was the the move from from England to to Australia? No, it was exciting. Uh, I think it came at a perfect time. I was, uh, you know, I felt, you know, I was, you know, I'd done my time in England uh, and I needed a new challenge. Uh, and, and again, Manchester City really, who owns uh, Melbourne City, um, sort of put this proposal to me that, you know, the, they had this ambitious project uh, and they needed some some experienced players uh, with the right attitude and mentality to, to sort of come in and, and try to create a culture. And I quite like that challenge. Um, so, you know, and you know, there's not a, it's not a bad spot to, to move to Australia. So uh, we took it as well as a bit of an, an adventure with the family uh, and has had a great time. Now we obviously still here, the, the kids have settled in and go to school and everything. So um, yeah, it's a nice lifestyle. It's just far away from Denmark. That's the only problem. It's hard to see family and, and, and friends. Um, but uh, you know, now that the kids are uh, in school here, then uh, yeah, we we we're sticking around for a little bit. Um, so so yeah, I had two great years at Melbourne City. It's it's a really good league. Uh, it's obviously not the Premier League uh, in in any uh, way, shape, or form. But the, the, there's some good players. Uh, Nani has just come down here from the former Manchester United player. Uh, so there there are some really good players in the league uh, and some good young talent. So yeah, so it, it was two good years, and then, and then I felt. You know, I'd I'd done my bit. Uh, you know, more or less twenty years as a professional. I think, uh, yeah, uh, it it has run it it had run its its course, and and I was ready for the next chapter. And that, that's uh, you know that's where I'm at now. Yeah, interesting. And and if you talk about uh, the next chapter that you're in right now, because some people might not know what you did after Stoke, even. Uh, so so tell <laughs> us so tell us about what you're doing now. Yeah, no, I, I've uh, you know I've got a you know time for for a bit of everything. I, I do a, a fair bit of uh, punditry, uh, so I, I work for a couple of uh, radio and TV in Australia. So mainly on the Premier League, uh, I'm going to do some commentary around the World Cup as well, uh, and and around the local A League. 
Um, then I, I, I do uh, I paint uh, in my spare time as well. So I, I spend a bit of time on that. And then um, I'm, I'm a fun bike uh, bike rider. Uh, so I, uh, I, I get my, that's where, you know, I keep fit uh, these days. I, I get out on, a, on the road a fair bit um, and uh, I train pretty, pretty much, I uh, train quite a bit actually, uh, and, and do some races, competitive races. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, I, I, I'm in a good position where I can spread my time. You know, I can, you know, I can go on holiday with the kids when, when they're off school uh, and yeah, spend some time with the family in general. Um, so, so yeah, uh, in general, it's, it, it's the perfect lifestyle down here. There's plenty of time to get out in the sunshine. So that's, that's good. Amazing. Yeah. I, uh, jealous of, of the Australia lifestyle. I have some Australian friends and I know <laughs> that they really enjoy they're from Sydney and they live there and it's, it looks amazing. And this is also why Marcus lives in Tampa, enjoys the sun a lot still. I live in Rome and it's still 20 plus degrees here in uh, October. So we definitely love the sun like you and, and the lifestyle <laughs> around that. It's a bit different yeah. from, from Denmark uh, where it's, it's, it's 10 degrees and raining tough. now. It's tough to be when you see uh, your friends back home sending you pictures of uh, a big winter coat and then you look outside <laughs> the window and you can see the sun shining. Uh, uh, it, it definitely... Uh, it eases uh, it, it eases the mind a lot more than uh, the the dark dark four four months or something in Denmark for sure. Absolutely does. Uh, all right, Thomas. Last segment of the podcast, which we always have because we're called Gloves On Podcast. So, what are your favorite gloves and why? <laughs> um. I think uh, you know I've I've played mainly with Nike. Um, I was sort of fortunate to be part when Nike went into the goalkeeping, uh, yeah, goalkeeping arena. Um, I was uh, along with Tim Howard, and I think there was one more goalkeeper. We were sort of the first ones on board, uh, and were help helping shaping their designs and and everything else. Uh, so. You know, I've played with Nike for most of my time, but but my first gloves were Puma. Um, I had a, a deal with with Puma at, at a sort of a, when I was seventeen. I think I got it. Um, and yeah, they they always sort of have a a special place in my heart. I think because they were you know they were they they went through that first you know four or five important years of my career from youth into the first team. Uh, the first six, six, well, the first year at Sunderland, I, I wore Puma. So uh, yeah, so that that's uh, yeah, they they are they're probably my favorite if I have to sort of pick one. Okay, yeah, nice, uh, great answer. I, I remember you playing in Nike, and that's actually I think I started playing with Nike because because you were so, and it's also one of my favorite gloves ever so so thank you for that uh thomas <laughs> also thank you very much for your time to to take your time here your evening and marcus morning and me midday to 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 do this podcast thank you yeah it's a pleasure it's always great talking about goalkeeping we need uh we need uh, a lot more to take up the gloves and and get out there uh it's a great position and to you guys still listening out there, please go follow Gloves on Podcast on your favorite social media, leave a review, and share this with one other goalkeeper for them to keep improving. Catch you on the next episode of Gloves on Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>